Jesus, God's highway of holiness, Isaiah 35. The wilderness and the desert will be glad, and the Arabah, that's the desert, will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It will blossom profusely and rejoice with rejoicing and shout of joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon, they will see the glory of the Lord. The majesty of our God, encourage the exhausted, strengthen the feeble, say to those with the anxious hearts, take courage, fear not, Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come, but he will save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute will shout for joy, for waters will break forth in the wilderness and streams in the Arabah, that is the desert. The scorched land will become a pool and a thirsty ground, springs of water. In the haunt of jackals, its resting place, Grass becomes reeds and rushes. A highway will be there, not the highway to hell. A roadway will be there, not the roadway to hell. It will be called the highway of holiness. Say that with me, the highway of holiness. The unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for him who walks that way and fools will not wander on it. No lion will be there, nor will any vicious beast go up on it. These will not be found there, but the redeemed will walk there and the ransomed of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion with everlasting joy upon their heads. They will find gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing will flee away. All right. How many of you ready to, to talk about the highway of holiness? Anybody out there? All right, let's, let's get on it. Let's talk about it. Number one, Jesus is God's highway of holiness and he leads us to rejoicing. He leads us to rejoicing. Look at verses one and two. Beautiful picture. And we're gonna talk a little bit about the geography of, uh, of Israel. Did you ever hear, anybody ever watch the Beverly Hillbillies? Anybody out there? Do you remember when uh, Uncle Jed picked Jethro up at school and he was taking him home? And they were riding down, you know, they were in California, they were riding down in the ocean that was on the, the side over there. And he said, Uncle Jed said, uh, Jethro, what'd you study today? He said, geography. Uncle Jed said, geography, what is geography? He said, well, it's like this, Uncle Jed. You see out across that ocean right there? Way out there, there's some islands called the Hawaiian Islands. And Jed said, ee doggies, ain't that boy got a set of eyes on him, all right. I've never, I, I don't think I've ever told that joke from the pulpit, so probably won't ever do it again, all right? But you were here when it happened, all right? Highway of holiness. How in the world did I get there? All right. Look at verses one and two. The wilderness and the desert will be glad. Oh, it was geography. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. And the Arabah will rejoice and blossom. The nation of Israel is dry. I remember the first time I went, I couldn't believe how much of a desert there was just about everywhere. Not, not in all, but especially in the south, around the Dead Sea and below Jerusalem. Everything south of Jerusalem is a desert. And when rain is scarce in Israel, everybody suffers. The Sea of Galilee is formed by some tributaries. The Jordan River 
is coming off of Mount Hermon and the water flows into there and that water supplies 30 to 40% of all their water in the whole land of Israel. So when it's not raining, everybody is thirsty. All the plants are not growing. But when rain is coming, it's a good time. That's what he's talking about here. The wilderness and the desert will be glad. People were listening. That's good. He said in verse one, the Arabah, that is the desert will rejoice and blossom. That gave them hope that in the future, God is concerned about us. He's gonna bring us water. One day he said, even the desert in the south of Israel will have plenty of rain. It's gonna rejoice and blossom. Now, I happen to have a map of Israel, all right? And you can see it. This is a geographical map. You can see all the brown part in the lower part. That's the desert. That's the Arabah. But what he's saying here, and I wanna show you in just a minute, He's saying even that southern part that's always desert is gonna be just as green as that northern part. It's gonna be lush. God is going to pour out because of his highway of holiness. God is gonna pour out a beautiful green atmosphere all around Jerusalem, all around the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is gonna have fish in it, the Bible says, in the millennial reign of Christ. It doesn't have one fish in it right now. If you caught a fish in there, somebody put it in there, all right? And the Bible says all of that's gonna be changed when Jesus comes back. He's the highway of holiness. And then he says, at the end of verse one, verse two, it says, like the crocus, it will blossom profusely and rejoice with rejoicing and shout of joy. The crocus is a beautiful, beautiful flower. Can we put that up there real quick? I mean, these are out there. You just go out in the desert and all of a sudden, boom, there's this flower. And you can't even believe, how in the world could it survive here? Well, they're gonna be all over the place at the end of time. And then the Bible says in verse two, the glory of Lebanon. Now that's way in the north. We've gone from the lowest part in the south now all the way to the north. Lebanon, that's a, a country on the northern part of Israel, will be given to it the majesty of Carmel. Mount Carmel is in the northern part of the, uh, the nation of Israel. And Sharon, they will see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Lebanon and Carmel on the north side, the desert, and all of that's on the south side. And what he's saying is, from the south to the north, everything is gonna be blessed. It's gonna be a green, fertile, beautiful land when Jesus comes back. And he's gonna let us walk on the highway of holiness. Instead of all Israel being dried out because of Jesus, it's gonna be the highway of holiness. And it's going to lead to everybody in Israel that we're all gonna rejoice. You know, I think about people being, uh, you know, saved and giving their hearts to Christ and how beautiful it is when they don't know that they're not supposed to rejoice, you know? They just get saved and they love the Lord and they come to church and they're clapping and they're singing and they're shouting and they're just excited about the Lord. I love that. And the Bible says that when Jesus was about to die on the cross, when he rode the mule into Jerusalem, people just started giving forth their praise and their worship to him. They were rejoicing. We read it in Luke 19. And he, Jesus was going, 
They were spreading their coats on the road. As soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen, shouting, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They were shouting, they were praising God. And guess what? Some of the religious folks didn't like it. Things don't change much, do they? Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said, teacher, Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, I tell you, if these become silent, if these don't express their joy, the very stones will cry out. I got news for you. When Jesus pulls you out of the miry clay and gets you to walk on the highway of holiness, you're going to have some joy in your life. You're going to be excited about it. You say, but I'm a Baptist. Am I allowed to be joyful? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely you are. It's great to be joyful about the fact that you're on God's highway to holiness. When you fall in love with Jesus, your heart will be filled with joy. Amen. I can remember when I met the Lord, February 1976, I can just remember the joy that was in my heart. I couldn't believe it. I, could, I, I didn't even know why I was happy. I, I didn't even know what the deal was. But I was just rejoicing. You'll sing because Jesus has forgiven you for all your sins. You'll shout because you've been set free from all of the demonic strongholds. You'll worship God because you're a new creation. Old things have passed and new things have come. Uh, you're, you're leaving fear and now you're embracing faith. You're leaving unforgiveness and now you want to forgive everybody because God forgave you and if God can forgive you, you can forgive anybody out there. You're not going to walk in pride anymore. You're rejoicing because there's humility in the humility of Jesus Christ. You're no longer discouraged, but you're walking in courage now. You're taking courage. You're not on the broad road that leads to destruction. You're on the narrow way that leads to life. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, it's time for some of y'all to step off the road, the highway to hell, and step on the highway of holiness. And when you do, you're going to rejoice. Even if you're a Baptist, you're going to rejoice. I hope that when you get to heaven, we've at least taught you how to rejoice. Amen? Amen. To get happy in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, not only... Does Jesus, the highway of holiness, lead us to rejoicing? But Jesus, God's highway to holiness, leads us to restoration. There's going to be some things restored. There's going to be some things put back that the devil has stolen away. Look at verse 3. Isaiah said, if you'll just walk on this highway of holiness, God's going to restore all that sin and Satan have stolen from you. Look at verse 3. Encourage the exhausted and strengthen the feeble. Can I just say this to you? Sin will wear you out. It will wear you out. The devil promises you a good time. But once you step over into his mess, it's anything but a good time. And you get feeble and you get exhausted just trying to walk in life. I tell you what, Jesus will pull you out of that miry clay and put a spring back in your step and a song in your heart. Amen. Amen. Encourage the exhausted. Strengthen the feeble. 
Say to those with an anxious heart, take courage. Everybody say that. Take courage. Fear not. Everybody say that. Fear not. Right there, if we could stop there and just camp for a second, some of you guys need to take courage and fear not. The devil has two fangs, and I believe they are fear and discouragement. The devil is the great discourager. He is the great anxiety monger. He is trying to make you afraid all the time. He's the one, he's the reason you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and you're scared and you don't even know why. He's the reason that you're dismayed and you're discouraged and you just think, you know what, it's nothing's gonna turn out right. I got news for you. All of that is a liar because all the devil can do is lie and he is a discourager. It is time to take courage and to fear not. Take courage and fear not. Say it with me. Take courage and fear not. You mean I can do that? Yes. It's a choice. It's time for some of you guys to, to get with the program and say, I'm not going to live in that anymore. Tired of that. Devil's not gonna have my mind. I'm gonna take every thought that I've got captive to the obedience of Christ. And when a discouraging thought comes along, I'm gonna say, not today. Get out of my, my mind in the name of Jesus. I choose to walk in the courage of the Lord. And when a fearful thought comes my way, I'm gonna say, not today. I'm gonna walk in the fear of the Lord. I'm gonna walk in the holiness and the happiness and the joy of the Lord. I'm not gonna walk in fear. I'm gonna walk in faith. You say, you, you mean I can do that? Yes, you can. Yes, you should. Yes, you better. Get your mind right so you can get your life right. Take courage. Fear not. Behold. When he, in the, anytime in the Bible it says, behold, something good's about to happen. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come. He's going to punish the sinners, but he will save you. You're not going to be the one punished you're going to be the one that gets saved. You're going to be the one that gets delivered. You're going to be the one that walks in freedom. You're going to be the one that lives a new, like a new creation in Christ. You say, I just can't believe all that would come. That's exactly what happens. And then notice what else starts happening. This sounds a lot like the ministry of Jesus. Look at verse five. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. He's talking about the millennial reign of Christ. When Jesus comes back in the rapture, he takes us out of the world. And then there's gonna be seven years of tribulation on this earth. We're gonna be in heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb, then we come back with the Lord Jesus at the second coming, and then we're gonna reign with Jesus for a thousand years on this earth. That's what he's talking about right now. That thousand year reign right now is when Jesus, who is the highway of holiness, is going to bring all of this, just like he did when he was on this earth in his ministry, all the people that have eyes that are blind, they're gonna be open. All the people that have ears that are deaf, they're gonna be Unstopped. All the people that are lame, they're going to leap like a deer, and all the people that have a tongue that are mute, they're going to shout for joy, just like they did in Jesus' day. Oh, man. Then the scorched land will become a pool. Isn't that something? And the desert is just going to become a beautiful pool, and the thirsty ground is going to have springs of water and the haunts of jackals. You ever seen a jackal? Looks like a dried-up fox is what it looks like. And a withered fox. They can go for days and weeks without food and days without water. It's resting place. Grass becomes reeds and rushes. All that's going to be changed. 
Water is going to be there instead of the wilderness. Streams are going to come instead of the sand. And the pools are going to be there instead of the parched ground. When Jesus reigns on this earth, we're going to be walking on the highway of holiness. And there's going to be restoration. What is restoration? When God takes back everything that the devil has stolen from you. Some of you don't even know that the devil has stolen from you. Some of you don't even know that the devil started stealing from you even when you were a child. You've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. And all through the years, he's just been picking on you, picking on you, picking at you, trying to put you down, trying to take you down. The devil wants to take you not on the highway of holiness, but on the highway to hell. But I got news for you. When you get saved, Jesus restores everything that the devil has taken away from you. He restores all of it. And that's what happened. You remember Jesus with the woman at the well? Remember her? I won't quote all the scriptures. I'll just give it to you real quick. Jesus at noontime is tired and he's thirsty. And he was traveling from Jerusalem up to Galilee. All the other Jews hated the Samaritans so much they wouldn't go through Samaria. They'd go across the Jordan River, go up the side, and they'd go into Galilee that way. If they came back, they'd come right back down, but they would never go through Samaria because they were the religious half-breeds. They were part Jew and part Gentile, and the Jews just didn't like that. But Jesus was not prejudiced. Did you hear what I just said? Jesus was not prejudiced. So Jesus had to go through Samaria. He sat down at a well, and there was a woman there. She came at noon. You know why she came at noon? Because she was immoral, and she didn't want to be around anybody. She came at the hottest time of the day, hoping that nobody else would be there. And the Bible says Jesus engaged her and said, Can I have a, would you, would you pour me a, a glass of water? Would you pour me a cup of water? And she was just shocked. She couldn't believe that Jesus, a Jew, would talk to her. She said, How is it that you talk to me? Uh, you're a Jew and I, I'm a Samaritan. He said, if you knew who it was that was talking to you, you'd be asking me for water. The water that you drink there, you're going to have to have more of that later on. But the water that I give is living water. And once you drink of that, you'll have that for the rest of your life. She said, please give me some of that water. He said, I will if you call your husband. And that's when he got quiet. She said, I don't have a husband. He says, you're right, you don't. You've had five of them. And the man you're living with right now is not your husband. By the way, let me just give you a little aside here. Look at me. Cohabitation is not right. And if you're in that setting right now, you need to stop it. He said, you're living with a man right now that you're not married to, and that's not right. Get that right, okay? Either move out, Today, one of you, I think it should be the man, and you ought to help pay for the apartment that she's still in. <laughs> I'll wait here till an amen comes on that one. Amen. <laughs> you want to be a leader, sir? Do that today. If you're going to marry her, marry her. If you're not, leave her alone. You want me to go on? You okay? You all right? 
She said, well, I, I guess you're a prophet, aren't you? I said, you know, my people say that we're supposed to worship in Samaria. Your people, the Jews, say we're supposed to worship in Jerusalem. Jesus said, don't worry about all that. A time is coming where you won't worship either place. But those who follow the Lord need to worship in spirit and in truth. For such people, God seeks to be his worshipers. You want God to seek you today? Worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. She said, well, I know this. When Messiah comes, he'll straighten everything out. And he gets right up in her face and said, I am the Messiah. And she said, Shazam. <laughs> and she bolted back to her little town of Sychar in Samaria. Come see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? Everybody came out. Jesus started preaching. People said, yes, he's the Messiah. They invited him back. He stayed there two days. Jews weren't supposed to be with Samaritans. He stayed there two days. About the whole place got saved. That's why when Philip in Acts chapter 8 went to Samaria People would listen to the gospel because Jesus had already saved a boatload of people up there by the woman at the well. And do you know what happened to that woman? She got her life back. Jesus restored everything that the locusts had eaten in her life. Jesus had restored all those marriages and all those divorces and all that cohabitation and all that sexual immorality. Jesus made her just as pure and undefiled as if she had never done it. That's what justification is. Just as if I'd never sinned. That's what Jesus does for you. Don't you want that today? Then get on the highway to holiness. Step aboard. Get off the highway to hell. Stop living for the devil. Stop living for yourself. Stop living in sin. Just step off and step into the Lord. I'm telling you, he won't push you out. Get your innocence back. Get your dignity back. Get your sanity back. Get your faith back. Get your broken relationships back. Get rid of the drugs. Get rid of the sex, get the immoral sex. Get rid of the beer. Get rid of the alcoholism and all that stuff. Get rid of being down on yourself all the time. Stop it. Let Jesus Christ restore your life. Step on to the highway of holiness today and Jesus will restore you. Jesus is God's highway of holiness. He leads us to rejoicing. He leads us to restoration. I'll give you one more thing. He leads us, Jesus does, God's highway of holiness leads us to redemption. Look at verse eight. A highway will be there. Say it with me. A highway will be there. How many of you hope that there's a road to go home on after we get out of here, amen? What if you went out there and there wasn't a road? I guess you'd just stay here, wouldn't you? Or you'd start walking across the field and make a road, I guess. Well, there's a road you need to get on today. It's the highway of holiness. Read verse eight with me. It's probably the most important verse. Let's just read the first part. 
A highway will be there, a roadway, and it will be called, say it out loud now, the highway of holiness. Who's going to be on that highway? I'll tell you who's not. The unclean will not travel on it. Those who have not had their sins washed away, no. You can't step on it without getting cleansed. You can't get cleansed without receiving Jesus. But it will be for him who walks that way and fools will not wander on it. Can't be unclean and walk on the highway of holiness. You've got to repent of your sins, believe in Jesus and receive him as your Savior. No lion will be there, verse 9, nor will any vicious beast go up on it. These will not be found there. Doesn't mean that you're never going to have a problem as a Christian, but it does mean that God is holding you in his hand and nothing can happen to you. Not a lion can't attack you. No man can attack you. Nothing can happen to you. If you love Jesus Christ, you're trying to walk with him. Nothing can happen to you unless it comes through the sovereign, protective hand of Almighty God. Not even a lion, not even a wild beast can take you down. But the redeemed will walk there. There we are. And the ransomed of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion with everlasting joy upon their heads. They will find gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Now, that doesn't mean a lot to you. I mean, it does. It's scripture. But that means a lot to me because when I first got saved, I learned that as a little song, all right? You say, are you going to sing for us? You know it, man. I'm going to do it right now. And if you don't like it, just don't tell me, all right? Don't tell me, it's fine. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion with everlasting joy will be upon their heads. And then they repeat that and then they go to the chorus. They shall retain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon our heads. Amen. <laughs> Donna heard me singing that back in my little study this week. She said, the boy's getting happy. <laughs> and I am getting happy. I'm so glad. I chose Jesus because he chose me. I don't know how all that works and don't really care. I know this, when I wasn't looking for him, Ernie, he came looking for me. I wasn't looking for him. He came looking for me. He pulled me out of the miry clay. And one night at a little country church, I stepped onto the highway of holiness. And it has been one ride. One ride. Been riding on that road for 46 years. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all may think I can just tear up whenever I want to. I don't ever cry. 
unless I talk about the Lord. And that's just happened in about the last 10 years. You know, the older you get, the more God will soften your heart if you'll walk with him. I had a hard heart for a long time. But Jesus can work on you, can he? And, and I, it, it doesn't make you less of a man to get teared up. Oh, Peter and John, they saw an act of redemption one day. They were going to the temple to pray. And there's an old boy that had never walked. His parents had to pick him up and put him down somewhere so he could beg all day long. They put him, on, they put him outside the temple and he started begging in the morning. He'd beg all day long. One day he was out there begging beside the beautiful gate outside the temple. And Peter and John came along. And the Holy Ghost said to Peter, there's the one. Peter looked at that man and said, he held out his hand, wanting some alms, some money. Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he stood up for the very first time in his life. And he, he didn't know you weren't supposed to get excited about it, amen? He was walking and leaping and praising God. And where was the first place that his feet took him into the temple. Amen. He walks in there and they're all quiet and everything. He's just saying, I didn't know you're supposed to act like that. I'm just going to go ahead and act the way I want to. I'm walking and leaping and praising God in the church too. Amen. He came out. He was still walking and leaping and praising God. A crowd gathered. They knew this guy. First time they'd ever seen him standing on his feet. And he's not just standing. He's walking and leaping and praising God. And Peter preaches the gospel and says to them in Acts chapter 3, Repent therefore and return that your sins may be washed away. That times of refreshing may come to you from the presence of the Lord. And that he may send Jesus, the Messiah, for you. And people got saved. And God redeemed his people. Oh, I tell you, when Jesus gets you on the highway to holiness, it leads to redemption. It leads to forgiveness that's caused by an exchange. I'm going to give God my nothing and he's going to give me his everything. I'm going to give God my sin and he's going to give me my salvation. I'm going to give God my disobedience and he's going to give me his obedience. I'm going to give him my impurities and he's going to give me the purity of Christ. I'm going to give him my slavery and he's going to give me his kingship. I'm going to give him my imperfections and he's going to give me his holy perfections. I'm going to give him my old things and he's going to give me my new things in Christ Jesus. It's a great deal. It's a good deal. I'm going to give him my unrighteousness and he's going to give me not just righteousness, he's going to give me the righteousness of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 21. He God the Father made him Jesus who knew no sin. Everybody say knew no sin. That's Jesus who knew no sin to be sin. God put your sin on Jesus on the cross. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on your behalf so that we might become 
the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. I'm no longer just a sinner saved by grace. I am a sinner saved by grace. But even more than that, I am right now, whether you think so or not, doesn't matter. No offense, I'm not mad at anybody. But I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ right now. And so are you. So are you. Why? Why? Because I got on the highway of holiness. I got off the highway to hell and I got on the highway to holiness. And all of a sudden, I've got the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I've got his name stamped on me. I have the blood of Christ that has forgiven all my sins. And I've been filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And Jesus is creating a home for me in heaven. And I'm going to leave this old body one day because I'm on the highway of holiness. I'm not on the highway to hell anymore. I'm on my way to God. Are you ready to go? Have you ever been redeemed? Have you? Have you been redeemed? There's only one way. There's only one highway of holiness. It's Jesus. What did he say the night before he died? Can we just put John 14, 6 up there? Jesus said to him, read this with me out loud, good and strong. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He is the highway of holiness. He's the way to God. He is the truth about God. He is the one who will give you life that gets you into heaven and gets you connected with God. There's no way that you can come to God unless you go through Jesus Christ. Amen. No one comes to the Father but through him. Have you ever been redeemed? Could we just bow for a moment, please? If you don't know the Lord, oh my. If there's any way I could do it for you, I'd do it, but I can't. But in your mind, I want you to see where you are if you don't know Jesus. You're on the highway to hell. And it's a lot worse than that rock band talked about. And the destination is indescribably evil and wicked and terrible. But Jesus, can you hear him? Can you hear him crying out to you today? I can hear him. Can you hear him? Get off the highway to hell. Step over, daughter. Step over, son. Get off the highway to hell. Step over onto the Highway of holiness. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man cometh to, to the Father unless he comes through me. Step over here. Step over here. Step off the road that leads to destruction. Step onto the road that leads to life. Enter at the narrow gate. I'm the narrow gate. Enter. Come to me. Can you hear it? 